Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Ella Jean Ehrlich. I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. I'm Rosie. This is Martina Navratilova. This is Mark Forbes. I'm Andy Murray. You're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph and with Eurosport on day one, or at the very end of day one of the 2018 Australian Open, a day where first and foremost we have to say our Kickstarter campaign to fund the podcast this year officially closed and officially we are going to inform everyone one more time how overwhelmed and bowled over and delighted and wonderful you all are that we are it's just i mean it's all of those things times a million isn't no, it i know we, we we sit there watching watching all these pledges come in and, and and some of the lovely notes that we've received as well and we just we, i sometimes think is that is that really for us <laughs> but anyway i mean really it's lovely and uh, we'll stop saying it now we'll get on with actually producing all these these grand slam daily tennis podcasts that you've been basically chipping in for and and hopefully do you proud yeah, the Grandstand Dailies start here. Well, they kind of officially or unofficially started yesterday, didn't they, with a little bonus kind of review of uh, what the players were saying on the eve of the tournament. But that all is ancient history now. The tournament is underway. And I promise you we will talk about tennis results <laughs> in uh, due course on this day one podcast. But first and foremost, there's kind of been a story which over the course of the day has, has gathered so much momentum that it's ended up overshadowing even the biggest upsets and the biggest excitement that we've had on the tennis court today and that is the news that was spoken by Mike Dixon of the Daily Mail overnight UK time um, that at the uh, ATP players meeting uh, on Friday, last Friday so four days ago now, it's the only uh, mandatory uh, players meeting uh, of the year on the ATP World Tour they have other ones but this is the only one that all players are required to attend, there were 150 of them there, everybody that's in town from the ATP as well, it was all proceeding as normal um, and I should say this is how Mike Dixon reported it in the paper and, and, and every source that I've spoken to uh, very reliable ones have confirmed that this is absolutely bang on how it unfolded and uh, certainly Mike's there's absolutely never any reason to doubt uh, that these are the facts so meeting proceeded as normal and then as it was drawing to a close I think they were just uh, uh, completing the question and answer section uh, of uh, proceedings Novak Djokovic uh, stands up and announces that he would like every non-player to leave the room therefore 
uh, all the ATP representatives, including Chris Gamode, lots of uh, ATP dignitaries in that room that were requested to leave. He stood up, made a, a rousing speech alongside a, a lawyer that he'd brought into the room, trying to... Well, bottom line, trying to galvanise support for a breakaway movement from the ATP a, and the establishment of an official players' union, which, you know, you might say well, the Association of Tennis Professionals, that's what the ATP is. Djokovic's argument is that the ATP as an association and as a representative of the players is compromised by the fact that it also represents the tournaments and Therefore, particularly in respect of prize money and the proportion of tournament income that goes into the prize money pot, he believes that the players are not uh, being sufficiently advocated for by the ATP because they also uh, are advocating for the tournaments. And those two things are in opposition, I believe, as I understand it. The other argument uh, in favour, Novak Djokovic, and his supporters, whoever they may be, uh, believe there to be in in favour of a bigger prize money pot is they take issue with equal prize money for men and women. They essentially believe that the men's tool subsidises the women's at combined events, so the Grand Slams and the 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 handful of events uh, throughout the year where men and women play alongside one. Now, that has to be said, actually, outside the Slams, I don't think there are any events that pay equal prize money to men and women but there you go they believe that there is a certain level of subsidy going on Mike Dixon reported that there is a certain level of support already amongst players Gilles Simon is somebody um, who he reported is in support Sasha Zverev as well the younger of the Zverev brothers it should be pointed out that Gilles Simon was not being drawn on it in his press conference earlier on today he was uh, pressed pretty hard and he didn't want to get dragged into any controversy at all. All he did was confirm that his views on equal prize money have not changed uh, since he last reported on them four years ago. he is the president of the Player Council at the ATP. And what he said four years ago, which he confirmed today is still the case, is that he stands in firm opposition to equal prize money. So if that remains the case, it is a logical conclusion that he would be in support of this movement it, it it's going to be very interesting when Novak Djokovic plays his first round match tomorrow and comes into press and uh, faces the inevitable barrage of questions the ATP haven't released any official statement word on the street and again it, it's only logical uh, is that they're not particularly happy about this I mean it's a it's it's two fingers up to the ATP really isn't it to to say can you get out of the room while we <laughs> while we bitch about you behind your backs please and um essentially uh set ourselves up in opposition to you i mean it's it's pretty dramatic kind of courtroom drama type stuff i mean by all yeah. accounts it was a it was it's a, a bolt out of the blue is is what it is because the, there wasn't any suggestion that we were moving along these lines i mean i think under the 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 leadership of chris Kermod, I i'd say my view had always been that he is the most pro-player 
leader of the ATP that I have ever known, to be honest. And, and I know him pretty well personally from our days at Queen's. And I mean, he, he's always seemed incredibly popular with the players. I, 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 I doubt if it's uh, anything certainly personal along those lines. But this but, is. But it may feel personal to well, him. It may do. This is an age old discussion point. This, this goes back to the, the very. Um, setup of the ATP being that partnership you are always going to get the players in the tournaments having to kind of have this slightly uneasy um, agreement on where things should stand uh, in terms of tournaments have to pay players you know that's just the way it works um, and they're, they're going to want to pay as little as possible within reason and players are going to want as much as possible that's just but hey if we start if we start down the path of trying to eliminate conflicts of interest within this sport yeah. then uh, this is going to be a long podcast indeed but the, the there have been various situations like this over the years I remember there was a talk of a, a breakaway union type situation back in the early 2000s 2003 that, I yeah. believe yeah. Um, led by Wayne Ferreira unsuccessfully yeah uh, in addition to that I remember a few years ago Andy Roddick uh, was saying that the fact is for the amount of money that is raised overall uh, at the slams and, and, and how much they make and the, the the level of contribution that we have towards the sex sex success of those tournaments we should be getting a bigger slice of the pie now they have been getting one a much bigger slice of the pie over the last few years prize money has risen extremely uh, since um, since those conversations were had but this would suggest that maybe players are still not happy it's interesting isn't it quite often when the, when this debate uh, rears its head um, it is it is laced with um, uh, with the argument about the distribution of wealth and the distribution of prize money uh, within tennis and that it's too top heavy and that I think is a a far more sympathetic argument as I understand it I, you know I was not at this meeting nobody apart from tennis players were as I understand it that was not one of the arguments given for this it may very well be something that is cited as uh, as a reason for this because I think PR wise that's an easier sell I think multi-millionaires asking for pay rises uh, whatever the basis of it and I, I think you can probably gather what, what I think of the arguments made or certainly one in particular I don't need to point that out whatever you think of those arguments multi-millionaires asking for pay rises is a tough sell PR wise yes I mean Novak Djokovic has cleared more than 100 million dollars in the course of his career so again I don't know exactly what he said uh, and and exactly how he feels we haven't had a chance to speak to him yet hopefully he might elaborate tomorrow in the press conference and we might find out uh, something about that but um, you know I'm with you there it's uh, it's it has come a little out of the blue for me, this, and it, it's not it, the greatest start to a tournament of d- this d- time. Does it smack of a man that's been sat on the sidelines for six months twiddling his thumbs with a, with a, with a very you know, active mind, you know, needing, needing an outlet and needing something to, 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 to en- engage his, his mind and his energies? You know, it's, I don't know. That's it, an interesting one. It, Again, there was, you know, th- this is not what I would have expected to be hearing. Um, and I'd kind of like to hear it from him 
directly. It's going uh, to be interesting to see how drawn he is on the topic, how prepared he is to speak about it, how candid he is pre- prepared to be when he does speak about it. Because, as I say, up to this point, uh, we've uh, we've been deprived of uh, a very much comment from uh, from ATP players, certainly on the record. So uh, I think it's going to be standing room only in the Novak Djokovic press conference tomorrow. And we... Uh, as the giver of Grand Slam Daily Podcast. We'll be here this time tomorrow, maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a little bit later, but around about this time tomorrow uh, to bring you up to date with it all as David scurries away from me into the radio room to my left because he has to be on air for BBC Radio 5 Live in about four seconds. So I will leave it there just for the moment and we'll be back uh, after David has done his very important broadcasting duties. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. So with David back in position and with the small matter of the Djokovic revolt taken care of, we can now talk about some tennis. Tennis has been happening Um, and there's been no shortage of drama or stories or excitement on day one, it's fair to say. The first four hours are amazing. They really, really were. We will talk about Kyle Edmund uh, and his victory over Kevin Anderson, but 
uh, taking our British hats off. Biggest story of the day, probably Belinda Bencic beating Venus Williams, although it's the shock that's not quite a shock, isn't well, it? I mean, for me, that's a Grand Slam semi-final. Yes, it, it certainly is that, and, and you called it. I mean, you, you, you felt that Belinda Bencic would win, and, and I, I was less sure, but... I was watching that on centre court at sort of court level height and it was really striking to see the way Belinda Bencic was was hitting the ball, the aggression that she was able to add to what is her normal sort of court craft game. Goodness me, she was good. And and, and it was difficult to work out how well or not Venus Williams was playing because I, I didn't feel like she was having that much of a chance really to play her best tennis Belinda Bencic was superb I got to speak to her straight afterwards for, for Five Live and it was quite quite nice to have not, not really met her before and just asked her because her celebration was wild at the end it was in, it was one of those where she's in utter disbelief well, you know? she's had a, she has had a rocky old path there yeah. are parallels with uh, Tanasi Kokonakis I think that's right uh, shorter mean, but, but, but similar you poor. know body I mean, kept breaking down cumulatively and, though I think yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's and, been and rocky that's, and that's what she was saying you know I've, I've gone through a loss really physically and, and I sense that it's probably been even worse than she was letting on because the, the, there have been periods over the last two years where I've really wondered whether this woman is going to be able to come back. Well, one of I mean, she, one of her injuries was a wrist injury, and we know, I mean that's that's the death knell yeah. for for tennis players these days. Yeah. So she she was sensational, really, and she's through, and she could cut a real. She's in my semi-final lineup, David. Through the draw, I mean, she's in your semis. She's it. She is. Yeah. Oh yeah, we haven't actually compared our. Ah, picks, have we? I know that. I know that after the podcast the other day, when you argued against my bold Kyle Edmund, Kevin Anderson prediction, you then uh, revo- just in the nick of time to get the official predictions in, decided that you were persuaded yeah, by know, my optimism about Kyle well, Edmund. I must say, I, I think I was. I was too hasty in my in my reaction certainly because when when you said it was 50 50 i just felt on paper how can the u.s open runner-up and 11th seed against kyle edmund who hasn't done anything of that ilk be 50 50 but i don't know but when yeah but if it was about, all about on paper there'd be no point in doing predictions no, know, would it we'd just put all 32 seeds through to, to round three all and right be done uh, with it look i've said you were right what more do you want <laughs> But the the fact is, uh, when, when thinking about how well Carl Edmund had played in Brisbane and the kind of game that he's playing generally, I, I sort of I changed my mind, and and I've I've got Carl Edmund in the quarterfinals. Me too. <laughs> Which uh, we discovered later it's on. It's funny when we how that happens shortly after I set my predictions through. Anyway, I, I mean, I know that sounds bold, but it, that is on the basis of the sounds draw. Until I looked at the draw, I wasn't thinking Carl Edmund quarterfinals. The draw is opening up sweetly for him, even more sweetly, because Jack Sock is out and Luca Puy, Puy has just is, lost. Has he just to lost Ruben to Bemelman. Ruben we, we were, we were following I mean, that. The, the, that will come up in due course. But just quickly uh, on Carl Edmund. It wasn't so much the victory. Yes, it's the biggest victory of his career, the 11th seed, Kevin Anderson. It was the manner of the victory. Without question, he would have lost that match. I mean, as, as little as two or three months ago, I think, maybe less. Uh, he was two, set, two sets to one down. He lost that third set after losing concentration after, uh, after a short rain delay. He was a breakdown in the fifth. I didn't think he was coming back from that. I didn't give him any hope at all, really. And he proved me wrong. And he showed he showed some resilience that 
I've not seen before, and, yeah. and that's what and today was about for him. Too. Yeah, he, he he didn't go away. I mean, I think sometimes Carl Edmund looks younger than he is on a tennis court, and and sometimes one you know at some point you have to win a match like that. That's what was going through my mind all the way through it. Was yes, you're on the back foot. Yes, this guy's playing well, but if you don't win one of these. You know, it's never going to happen. No. He's never going to take another step in his career because, you know, you ha- you're going to find yourself in trouble sometimes and, and have to show what you're made of. And he really did today. He did. He's got Dennis Isterman next. He has confirmed to me in an interview with Eurosport that he will be dressed as a Bassett's licorice all sort for that match as well. Uh, that was probably the best quotes from him were about the outfit that he was clad in by Nike Which, again, against just his will. That, if you haven't seen it, um, a, well, Bassett's licorice all sort, bright, great, luminous pink and black um, in equal measure. I mean, thoroughly bizarre. He admits that luminous pink probably isn't his colour <laughs> and I'm not sure any pasty skinned person can probably claim what luminous are you looking pink at me to be when their colour I have to say when Kyle came out with that in the press conference I did look immediately over you at you. Did. I, I did. wonder what you were looking at me for. I did and you you were laughing a, a laugh of solidarity I yes, thought. I was. Freckle-faced <laughs> yeah. wonders everywhere. Unite. Um, so that's Kyle Edmund. We were, I mean, we could dwell on that for a long time, but there's just too much to talk about. How many Americans have lost today, David? Well, it's, t- it's 10 so far, and there yeah. are two in the process well, of losing. Irina As we Falcone's speak, about to be dumped Joe out. Wilfred Songer is a set, uh, serving for a two-set lead over Kevin King. So over to the 12 States, then, And Daria Gavrilova is serving for the match against Irina Falcone of the States. So two have gone through. They are Ryan Harrison and Mackenzie McDonald. I think McDonald. three have gone through Who's now? the third? Yeah, there was one that I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> but there was definitely three. Plenty that we have heard of have, have gone out. Yeah, Sloan oh, Stevens. It's incredible. An what, upset what, that's, that's not an upset. I mean, no, very much on paper. No, but she won the first but... set, Stevens, and we were we were monitoring that match. And then the second set, she was. I think she was serving for the match, uh, or she was at least very close to winning the match in two. Lost the second set to Zhang Shui, who who showed some great stickability there. But the third set, oh, it was just drifted away. It was, di- it was difficult to watch. Yeah, it, it was. was it tough was. Watch. And it was, maybe she was hurting. I didn't see her press conference today, but it was a disappointment. I don't think she's claimed to be hurting. And, and I'm not sure she said very much at all. Jack but. Sox was disappointing too. I mean, he he was six one four one down at one stage against you know a good. A good player from Japan in, in An interesting Sugita, footnote to that loss, and I'm not suggesting for a moment he didn't give his best effort today, but something that we, we've not had chance to mention, just a little uh, storyline, is that Auckland uh, are planning on revoking or, or are going to try to revoke their $100,000 appearance fee paid to Jacksot because they believe he didn't give his best effort yeah. in his first-round loss there, which is something I've never heard of before. I've heard of it once uh, with... Believe it or not, our good friend Goran Ivanisevic uh, <laughs> at a tournament in about 1999 in, in Ostrava. And, and, uh, and were uh, they successful? I, I, guess, I, I guess if you got it in the in the small print of the contract that we reserved the right to yeah, well, decide I, to argue it. Well, you see, I, I, all I remember from it was uh, the tournament director making a, a big song and dance about the about the, the way Goran had performed and, and Goran being told that they've said they're not going to pay your, your fee. And he said, they have to pay. <laughs> No one's arguing with that. Uh, so Jack Sock, one of the, uh, well, it's not quite 12 yet, but I f- feel pretty confident looking at the scoreboards behind me, it is going to be 
12. Yeah, and look, we've got a lot of American listeners, and I don't want to look as though we're taking glee at your No, absolutely. I mean, but it is Can you think of, uh, I mean, not that this is a statistic that anyone has to hand, but anecdotally, I can't think of a nation losing that many players on a single day of a tournament. That that has to be a record or close to it. You know, a a, a nation of that strength normally. I mean, John Isner is another one that lost heavily. I went to his press conference. He He went out to Matt Ebden, didn't he? He said, I felt flat out there and I I just couldn't get anything going. Coco Vandeweghe. Now, Pat Cash has tweeted that she's been suffering with, with the flu. Um, and, and has been really struggling with her preparations. I, I, I don't doubt that that's the truth. However, she didn't well, behave. Well, she did. I know you like aggro, David, but there was an awful lot of aggro oh, today. Oh yeah, she, she got, she got a, a point penalty for a back-to-back. Uh, I think time violation for eating her banana too slowly and then smashing her racket. I thought she received a point penalty for audible obscenities directed at her opponent. Oh, my That's goodness. That's what I had read. Blimey. It's we will confirm, listeners, we will confirm the exact reason. I can definitely confirm the banana incident because Mary Carrillo told me about it. Bumped into her finally in the broadcast compound and she said, did you just see the banana incident? <laughs> no, I hadn't seen the banana incident. I have now. And she's, so she, Coco Vandeweghe had quite an extensive discussion with the umpire about how she didn't care whether it was a time violation. She was going to damn well sit there and finish her banana. So Coco Vandeweghe, ladies and gentlemen. I wish I'd known about her flu before I put her in my quarterfinals. Oh, dear, oh, dear. It's not gone very she well, has it? She wasn't in my quarterfinals. Oh, dear. Uh, what else has happened today, David? Well, uh, we... Have we sp- what else have we spoken Rafael about Nadal, Rafael, Rafael Nadal, Nadal well, this is the thing. delivered a bruising. It was a day of, of such halves, wasn't it? Because yeah. all of these struggles for Venus, Williams, Sloan, Stevens, all of these other big names, and then, and then in the evening session, Nadal... And then all of a sudden, you had, you had, you had three, three screens uh, adjacent in the media cafe, one showing Nadal absolutely bulldozing his way through Victor Estrella Burgos, who was celebrating winning individual points out there. You had one showing Caroline Wozniacki bulldozing her way through her first rounder and you had one showing Nick Kyrgios making a very light work of uh, Brazilian Dutra Silva. So yeah, night session has been not a damp squib because watching Nadal in his, his vicious pomp is quite something but competitiveness and stories wise yeah a damp squib yeah it, it, it was noticeable that there was still a, a lot of excitement in the Rod Laver Arena because people were getting to see Nadal incidentally in the sleeveless shirt which we haven't seen there had been speculation and rumour hadn't there that it would be making a comeback do you like the sleeveless shirt you don't usually comment on outfits but what do you think I don't feel great about seeing armpit hair yeah but it's Nadal's guns isn't it well, yeah, I mean, I can, uh, yeah, fine. I mean, he's like one of the blokes that can actually pull that off. It's a bit obvious, isn't it? I mean, yeah, I'm not saying he can't pull it off. I just don't I'm... enjoy being distracted in my tennis watching by armpit hair. Okay, Catherine. David Law obviously I'm does. Out something I didn't know. Uh, Yelena Ostapenko won today against Francesca Schiavone who was wearing a back brace I saw that. during the match. Yes, I saw that. And actually... Uh, I mean, 
externally, outside of her clothing, she was wearing a full torso yeah. back brace. No, I saw that. 20 year, uh, years of age, Yelena Rostabenko against 37-year-old Francesca Schiavone, two French Open champions. You couldn't get two more different ones, could you? One's sending off bazookas down the other end, and the other one's coming back with a pea shooter. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's the sort of game style we had. But uh, it was it was quite quite good fun to watch. But Ostapenko, the other thing that was really nice, I think probably the first time she's been on the Rod Laver Arena, and she was really warmly welcomed and, and received by the crowd. I think that that is a relationship that could really blossom. And she's uh, she's got her face on a stamp in Latvia. Oh. And uh, they, they made a run of 55,000 of them, and uh, they all sold out within a day. I mean, I don't know what average stamp sales are in a day in Latvia, but she seemed pretty pleased with that. Anyway, um, mixed fortunes for home favourites today, home Australia home, Sam Stoza. Another oh, first-round loss that to Monica t- Puig. Did she have match point? I think I she might have. I don't know whether had, she did. I, I think I rem- she might have I remember seeing point. the eight, score. Six. She was a set-up. She lost the second set tie-break, 8-6. And she lost 6-4 in the third. And um, your, she, <laughs> your heart just breaks for set her. and 4-2 up. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and she was playing just, beautifully. Just, and it's just... Just, Every year we have this conversation about Sam Stosha on the first day. I know, day. I know, yeah. It's, uh, but we are watching Gavrilova, Daria Gavrilova, uh, performing her winner's interview on Rod Laver Arena. Yeah. So that's been good. Nick Kyrgios was awesome. Yeah, um, he was good. And somehow I found myself predicting him to reach the final. So I was have pleased you? to see him perform that well. Again, I didn't think I was going to before I went through the draw. And then somehow, on the basis of the matchups, I had him getting there. Now... I still fear that his body will prevent him from getting there, but it's very different in predictions to sort of say, oh, well, he's going to be injured for that one, so he's not going to be able so to do his best. So, and the, more, and the more quick matches like tonight that he can have, the more likely it is mm, to come true. to fruition. Um, Kyrgios against Federer. Who's winning the title? I've Federer. Okay, what about the I've, women? I've got, I've got a Zverev, Federer, and a Nadal Kyrgios semi final lineup. Well, that'd do. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, every time on Twitter when you uh, do a predictions pole vault and you always write head, not heart. Yes. It is impossible to to uh, to completely separate those two things. Even if one thinks one is doing that, it is impossible. Hence my men's semi-final lineup. Well, I disagree. <laughs> I think it's perfectly possible. If you've Anything just else to report? Marin Cilic was cruising yeah. and then lost Don't the third to, to Vasek Pospisil. Uh, I have to say yes now, so yes. Yes, so uh, Maricelis won. Yes, you said that right. Uh, uh, I've got a semi-final lineup of Nadal against Kyrgios and oh. Zverev against Federer. Are you kidding? No. <laughs> I've got a final of Nadal against Federer. That is blooming Federer, ridiculous. I do have a final of Nadal against How Federer, and Nadal wins the title. I'm regretting copying you in on my so, prediction century you know. last night. And Dominika Sibulkova. She's I, lost today. I, hold on a minute. Dominika Sibokova lost today, yeah. But I've got Halep against Garcia in the semis and Gergers against Wozniacki with a Halep-Gergers final and a Halep title. It's funny that. I've got a Halep title. Well. This is... Right. This, How annoying. This will be an independent review of this. <laughs> uh, Denis Shapovalov 
won the battle. It wasn't really a battle in the end. 1-3-6 uh, against Stefano Sitsipas. David is looking very much like he might have to, to, to jog away yes. somewhere. He's got to go and speak to the nation. His knee is twitching. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensing uh, David Law is a limited time only offer at the moment. So, uh, just to wrap up, uh, other notable victories. Svitolina is through. She cruised. Uh, Borna Chorich went out to John Millman. He just can't can't find it, Borna Chorich, can he? No, he's struggling. Struggling. Uh, and anything, anything else to report, David? Anything else? I don't think so, but I've quite enjoyed day one. It's been a bit long. You sort of have to get a bit hardened to these Grand Slam days, don't you? Shall I tell you what's coming up on day two? Oh, yeah, you do that. Uh, Veronica, Ch- what do you mean you do that? Does that mean you're... Yeah, I'm off. <laughs> he's running See away. What you're going to get now is uh, Catherine Whitaker reads the order of play <laughs> to herself. Veronica Chepede Roig against Carolina Pliskova. Uh, first up on the Rod Laver Arena, Alex Verov against Thomas Fabiano, then Simona Hallett against Destiny Ieva. Uh, and then in the night session, Aliash Bedney, formerly of Great Britain, against Roger Federer. And Ash Barty against Arena Sabalenka. Picks of matches elsewhere. You probably have to go for Maria against Sharapova. Yes, you heard me right. Tatiana Maria of Germany takes on unseeded Maria Sharapova. Then you have Djokovic against Donald Young, following that on the Margaret Court Arena. Plenty of intrigue around Djokovic, both on and off the court. Muguruza on Margaret Court. And then... I like the look of this one, Francis Tierfo against Juan Martín del Potro. Uh, and just to mention for Joe Conta, who kicks things off on the High Sense Arena, as David Law sits back down, having missed my lovely monologue, sure, uh, he gets really to good. sail in uh, and comment on Joe Conta against Madison Brengel, followed by the uh, inter-Germanic clash between Angelique Kerber and Annalena Friedsam. Yeah. And then we have uh, Vavrinka against Ricardis Barankis and uh, Burdick against Diminauer oh. on High Sense Arena. What do you think what have you got for that? Burdick Diminauer. Yeah, I am going to I'm going to go Burdick. I I I Yeah, four sets Burdick yeah. is what I'm going to go Vavrinka, I mean, do you respect to Ricardis Barankis? That is as soft a draw as you can it's not probably. A bad draw, it's but a great draw. But I, so I if, just, he, if he can't, I just don't think if he he's can't ready. Muster a challenge there. We we really know where he's I, at. I, I just don't think Stan's ready personally. No. But we'll uh, find I, out. I agree with you. And then uh, yeah, I mean you can look at the order of play yourself, and you you actually can now because uh, they fixed the app and the website. Awesome. That was another uh, big story on day one of the Australian Open that nobody could find out what the scores were because everything was broken. But anyway, it's all fixed. Well done them and. I think that does just about bring to an end this whirlwind tour of day one at the Australian Open. Um, we hope you, we've kept you up to date, I think, with the main stories and the results. If we've missed anything, I'm sure you'll let us know on Twitter. But for now, we have been the Tennis Podcast, brought to you in association with The Telegraph, with Eurosport, with La Manga, brackets responsible for my excellent forehand with Triple S with Melanie Bowes with TennisBalls.com and with Charlie the Ferret see you tomorrow Hold up 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.